I got a lot of messages, uh, first off, confirming the fact that bathing with my dog is not the same as bathing my dog naked. Just want you guys to know that. Thank you for backing me up on that, everybody. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a lot of people worried about the cat. Very worried about the cat. <laughs> because uh, apparently I, late night yowling is yowling, yeah, first of all. Yowling, which is different from a meow. And I know the difference. So everybody's like, well, it's, it could be that they have crystals in their pee, which can happen with cats. Um, this cat already does, but the cat, usually cats meow loudly after because they don't like having a messy, um, cat litter. And so this, this cat, cause we've already talked, people are like, oh, oh your cat's going to die. I'm like, the cat's fine. Um, the, the vet, Nat talked to the vet like a long time ago and the, and the, and the vet's like, your cat just really likes it clean in there. And that's all it was. So it's just bossing you around. Yeah, it's basically like, hey, um, I just took a dump. Can you come flush it, basically? You, you live with a bunch of bossy people. I do. The cat. And the daughter. Yeah. You, you, uh, you actually had a, a little interaction with her yesterday. Yeah, I went, I went uh, what, what was it? It was like, do, do you like bossing people around? And she goes, yes. <laughs> Which is not untrue. And she's two? Yeah. Two. All right. Um, we also got a, uh, a little message, Steve. You got a reply about your favorite restaurant of all time in Santa Maria. Is it Santa Maria? Santa Maria, California. What happened? Shaw's, right? It's back. After it, so I, I said on the show, after telling a delightful story about it, that it burned to the ground. Seemed mm-hmm. like not the right way to end that story. <laughs> but apparently it's back and better than ever. Shaw's in Santa Maria, California. If you're ever there, go there and eat there. It's great. You know what that reminded me of? What did it remind you that of? That one time you told the story about a guy throwing a football and then like it ended with him falling off a balcony oh, or something. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? How did that story happen? I, 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 I do remember that. I have no idea how it came up. I spoke to... This is, this is when I was in the deep dark depths of my career trying to figure out what on earth I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I literally found a dude who got his hair cut at the same place as me he used to play pro and but he does have a fascinating story okay and I told it and it just I don't think I told it very well can you tell the story again at all well I mean, okay. It's, we know the ending. We're, we're it's Quentin Tarantino. We're working backwards here. Well, yeah. So there was this guy who his name was Sandy Allen, and he was a goaltender, and he was like at training camp, like L.A. Kings, Wayne Gretzky, like Jesse. You're such an asshole. I want to hear the story. He's, so he he pinged around, and I'm. This is it's been years since I heard this story, but. Like, he was next in line, and then the team he's with drafts some guy. I don't know who he is. It turns out to be J.S. Jaguar, and you get pushed down the depth chart, and he basically played AHL, ECHL forever. They were on the road one day, and they were playing, like, football on a balcony or whatever, and he goes and makes a catch and falls off the balcony and severely injures himself. But then the story ends with he recovers and learns to play hockey again, <laughs> And it's just, you know, a love of the game sort of thing. And you're making me tell this <laughs> the first unprepared. Time, the what first what time did he tell you it? You told this story on the pocket. I think it was because it was one of the first hockey players that you met who was a professional hockey player. Is that true? Or spoke to. I haven't met him. I spoke to him on the you, phone. You, I think it was one of the first you ever interviewed. 
Maybe. Yeah. So I, I mean, in that context, something around there, you interviewing professional I'm sure athletes. in the context of how we were and, telling it. Yeah. It was like, hey, we we're talking about hockey players and talking to them and all that stuff and oh. comeback stories and all that stuff. And then you told this story and you ended at the he caught a football and he fell off a balcony yeah, and we were like steve what the what yeah are you and doing? Like, he's like anyway it was a great interview <laughs> yeah. and we we're like steve what the hell i thought you were gonna say i thought where you were going with this is like it's like the mazda story where steve stood his ground and then he didn't <laughs> no I, uh, no no i think i've become a better storyteller uh, <laughs> over time you were always a good storyteller we were never not entertained it's just where oh, you yeah. end it is yeah. key there's still a book in that guy i'd love i'd love to talk to him mm-hmm. um uh I got a message from uh, somebody adjacent to the Islanders. Hey, I uh, finally got around to listen to your Monday's podcast. Uh, I loved the open about UBS Arena. Um, uh, and, I, and he said, uh, I work at uh, Belmont for horse racing. And UBS is literally on top of the paddock of Belmont Park. So NYRA has always banned tailgating and, quote, honking. Yeah, because they're worried that the racehorses are going to get spooked and the barns are literally next to the parking lots. My favorite part is that this uh, isn't going to be my job um, and people are going to be super pissed. <laughs> so, Why would um, they do that? I cannot wait to go into the arena. Hope you guys get to come down sometime soon. We'd love to come down. But <laughs> Of course. I, that I, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Don't honk around horses. Yeah. Now, they could still do their other Islanders things, yeah. right? Of course, but it's just, that's one of those things where it's like the, you know, you should have maybe thought of that. Or, or they could do the right thing and just sit, let them honk and soundproof the, the horses things and the stables, right? I don't know if they'll be able to adequately do it. It's difficult to soundproof. Take it for me. I did it over the whole pandemic. That's going to cost them at least $300. Wow. Of foam. And two trips to Long and McQuaid. Oh, maybe even three. Yeah. Oh, no. But you have you to make your order have beforehand. You can't walk into Long and McQuaid. You they have should to wait. send Lou. Yeah, you can. No, no, back then. Oh. Over the pandemic, you had to like... Oh, uh, yeah. Remember the curbside. curbside. Yeah, and then they yeah. closed curbside. And that was cool. Was they should cool. send Lou to get the soundproofing equipment. He should walk in and I bet they himself. get it done for free if Lou does it. Yeah, he is the soundproofing. <laughs> <laughs> just, nothing can stop Islanders fans. Lou shows up and just goes... And they go... I wa- you Fair know, enough, Lou. I wonder about that. If they made Lou Lamorello enforce the honking and the other things that Islander fans do. How do you think... Like, Islander fans would probably listen to him, right? That's the one guy they're probably like, okay. Yeah, but I think we think of Lou Lamorello as a, as a robot. And I just think, I mean, he knows he's still in the entertainment business. And he probably sees them, like, throwing plastic snakes on the ice. And he's like, this is slightly awesome. <laughs> it's got to be the most fun market he's ever worked in. This is awesome, respectfully. Right. <laughs> respectfully, this is awesome. Uh, no shot at New Jersey, no shot at Toronto, no. obviously. I think it's got to be the most fun he's had. Maybe. Because I would also say this, and the reason I say that is like, Lou Lamorello's done it all. He's got an award named after him. Like, what? He doesn't need this. And Which so award? he's just. Is, it, is there an, a Lou Lamorello award? No, he won something. Didn't he won a award? No, he won. The but year. Didn't he, isn't there not a Lou Lamorello award? No, that's no, been there suggested. Will be. There will be. I mean, but he can't be eligible to win his own award. Yeah, that, no. Well, that's not true. Have I told you about the radio dinner I went, once went to? <laughs> Have I no. never told you this story? No. Did you win an award named after yourself? No. No, no, oh, no. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Succession, <laughs> but, um, you know, radio used to be run by a bunch of families up in Canada, and I know it did in the States, too. Um, and 
So, you know, the, the three or four major families that had radio properties, media properties that sold out within the last 10 years all became billionaires. And, um, and, and you know what? Have done a significant amount of philanthropy. So I, I give them credit where it's due. Sure. Um, and so there is a radio award uh, that was one. What's it called? Hang on, hang on. Uh, owners, uh, I have to look up the company. Um, Montgomery Burns Awards for Excellence. Okay, so it's 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 um, Montgomery Burns. <laughs> so, so um, Alan Slate was a pioneer in Canadian radio. Just like so, the Slate family owned something called Standard Broadcasting. The uh, the Waters family owned Chum Limited, um, and so they were like the big families, right? Really nice people, never had any complaints. The Waters were amazing to to my family and to me. And uh, um, right around the time I got in, I was probably like three years in. I get to my first awards gala, and I think this is a pretty cool thing, right? I was working evenings at Kiss ninety two five, and Steve was doing. That was the year you did the Olympics. Um, oh man! Uh, from from Vancouver, very long time. And uh, and anyway, I show up at this awards dinner, and they're announcing this new award, and it's called the it's Gary Slate, who has taken over from his father. And by the way, Gary has actively involved in a ton of Canadian music and promoting that, ton of Canadian causes promoting that. But he's got the Gary Slate Award, and it's for um, giving back, right? Yeah. Like you know, it's 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 people who are you know charitable and that sort of thing. And obviously, it's pretty tough to win this award if you don't have money to give. So usually, it goes to rich people. But the first winner of this award was Gary Slate. <laughs> and, and, I, and everybody's clapping. And everybody's acting like it's normal. And I, I was looking around, and I'm like, you know, you know, from a few episodes ago where Steve was like, am I on crazy pills? Mm-hmm. Remember when Sid was on? Yeah. I was like, am I the only one who thinks this is odd? <laughs> and and I, I still think it's odd. He does a lot of good stuff, Gary Slade, to his credit. But I still think it's super weird that he founded an award and then gave it to himself. Don't you think? Oh, he is it's, in charge of awarding it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Congrats, <laughs> me. Did he present it? No, somebody presented it to him. To the, you know, That's more strange. It was... It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Adam, here. Pre- present this to me. Steve, congratulations. Thank you. It's weirder than just showing up and being like, here's the award, and someone else will get it next year, I'm sure. And they did, and they've continued to award it. But like having a presenter... Pre- it was weird. <laughs> it's like it was you an award you gave yourself. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen. That's pretty funny. But it's created some good, am I right? Yes, it has. You know, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's just bizarre bizarro world i'm trying to create some sort of rationale for okay it's the first award and you want to be the recipient of the first award but that's not the point of the award i wonder i don't know i wondered if it was to give it some credence right like um uh uh well like the first person who won this award and and maybe maybe he wasn't totally the person behind it i don't know the particulars it was still weird that they named it like you have the award named after you you don't need to win it do you if, even if it was somebody else that came in and said that. Right. If, we're naming this award after you. If the NHL, if Gary Bettman tomorrow is like, we're making a new award, it's the GM of the Year Award, and it's going to be called the Lou Lamorello Award. Do you give the first one to Lou? Yeah, well, that's different, though. That's Gary Bettman creating an award and giving it to Lou Lamorello. It's not Lou Lamorello going, we should have a GM of the Year Award, and I should get the GM of the Year Award. 
<laughs> and then he gets the GM of the year award. And then they name it after him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an honor for me, Lou Lamorello, to receive the Lou Lamorello trophy. <laughs> right? Well, the Leafs played last night. They did. They did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look up. I'm Here's, trying to look. Yeah, yeah. That's how tired I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. I'm like, so here it is. Did. Gary Slate to be honored with the 2018 Humanitarian Award at the Jun- Junos. Is it the Gary Slate one? Yeah, the radio, the, the Canadian Academy of Radio Recording Arts today announces that Gary Slate will be honored with the 2018 Humanitarian Award. No, that's Junos, though. I don't know if that's the same mm-hmm. thing. But anyway, long story short, I, I just. Like it's, I'm not trying to besmirch Gary Slate here. He's done great what? stuff. Why are but you like, doing this? Why, why are you making bizarre. enemies at him? Bizarre. It was weird. <laughs> I was sitting there. I'm like, this is weird, right? And everybody's like, no, this is totally how it is. I'm like, okay, All right. welcome to welcome to the world. It fell off. Oh, thank you. Did your Bobby fall off? Yes, it did. Okay, good. Oh, thank you. I went Don Cherry marching down here to take over here. Oh, uh, what's that? Can you imagine he just burst in the door? <laughs> <laughs> did you read the article? What article? Oh God! You know, oh no, I didn't. Okay, so there's an article. Uh, <laughs> I I think I think CJ is going to talk about it too, but um, I have it on the lineup, so I'll just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Where so should we do our own donation thing first? What do you mean? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, let's do our own donation thing. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of which, let's call this the Steve Dangle, Jesse Blake, and Adam Wild Award for us giving. Yeah. <laughs> To Easter Seals. Awarded to the people from SDPN who or who give stuff to Easter Seals. I just want to get it out of the way as fast as possible because I know when... That's true. Roughly, this is cool. Okay, roughly so Jesse, when this episode will go up and Jesse, hopefully get some this. more donations. Explain this. Explain okay, this. so on our website, we have a little tab that you can hit donate. It's sdpn.ca slash donate. And we sell trading cards with our faces on them. They're first edition trading cards. There's an Adam Wilde one. There's a Steve Dangle one. There's a Jesse Blake one. Great. And you purchase them. They cost $100, but the $100 isn't for the card. It's a $100 donation to Easter Seals. This went live uh, the same day we launched the app. I think that's two weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. And since then, we've received just shy of $4,000. So we have a $3,900 donation to Easter Seals that we're going to make today. Hopefully, if you hear this and you get your... um, purchase slash donation in before midnight um we'll add that to the total so go there get your if you're planning to give to easter seals it's a great way just to get a little token of appreciation from us wow for your hundred dollar donation um yeah so we've raised thirty nine hundred dollars so far let's try and get that to a uh, nice round number maybe we can reach five thousand i don't know but that'd be cool um yeah and then we'll make that donation tonight before the tournament happens tomorrow yeah the draft i don't know i think the time of the draft is like eight or nine o'clock so cause... i'll have to make the donation before that yeah because i okay. want to be first Okay. Okay. So, first place. so it'll have to. I'll have to make it at like I don't know two or something like that. We're currently first place. This this happens is we're usually first place, but someone comes in and at the pass, last minute passes mm-hmm. us. But I want to. That it's we're the pace car, right? So we we get more donations out of the other teams as well by being the pace car. So it's a good thing. Okay. Maybe maybe we can be the unpassable pace car this year. Okay. So yeah, after today, so. After this episode, obviously, Rachel's Raiders, you guys will, won't be accepting donations for your team because it'll be complete. So all of these donations will go to sick kids mm-hmm. and the trading cards will remain live until we run out of trading cards because I ordered a whole bunch. So we're going to have them just oh. if you make a hundred dollar donation to sick kids, they, it'll it'll you know, if you purchase the trading card, it'll be a hundred dollar donation to sick kids. And then we'll send you a trading card in the mail. Amazing. Absolutely. Fantastic. So Love we'll that. do that until yeah. we run out of trading cards, which should be around like beginning of December by based on the pace we have now. Okay. Yeah. Donate, buy a trading card. We sign them. 
Uh, they're autographed. Whoever, whichever trading card you purchase, a lot of people have purchased. A couple of people have purchased all three, which is just crazy. Thank Gee, you. That's very um, nice. So yeah, we signed them. We mailed them out to you. They ship in about I think a week and a half from today. I just got my me mug. I, I, I got a, <laughs> I got a mug with my mug. face on. <laughs> nice. Because I don't know. Wouldn't you? You know. Yeah. You should bring it here and drink it on the show. I should. I absolutely should. It. But my Yeti. Did I cover everything? I think so. It okay. is. Sorry. What was the number again? What was the number we? What was the number race? Do we? Uh, have? We're at thirty nine hundred dollars. Wow. Yes. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. Thank you so much. That I thought is... we'd sell like ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Go, yeah, that's that's very very cool, very cool, and it goes to the right. And Steve, you know, you're you're an Easter Seals family, absolutely. Um, yeah, when uh, when I was uh, younger, uh, so they helped out my sister with like equipment and stuff, like AFOs, uh, wheelchair, which is it's very expensive. It was like eight hundred bucks, and it's not even one of the motorized ones. Ooh. The motorized ones are thousands uh, of dollars, um, and also the camp experiences, which is something that me. And my parents and Rachel were able to enjoy. So it's basically um, like summer camp, but accessible. Um, we brought Rachel to a, a, I don't know what else to call it, a non-Easter Seals summer camp before. And there were challenges, right? Like she had to have one-on-one -on -one care. Uh, this was uh, twice, I believe, an opportunity for us as a family to like have, you ever... You ever taken a wheelchair to the beach? It's a pain in the ass, but the uh, Easter Seals uh, makes it work. And there were lots of songs and made new friends. And it was, it was, it was a great experience that I still remember. And I want to help give that experience to other families. It's amazing that you do that. It's amazing what you do every year, my friend. I'm very happy. And, and it's amazing uh, if you listen to this show and you've donated, you've supported this year or in previous years. It really, just so you know, it, it's so appreciated. And it, it oh. does come... It's a, it's a personal experience for Steve, um, and obviously, having met Rachel many times, and yep. Jesse and I, you know, uh, we understand the challenges there and the love there, and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing, um, the relationship the two of you have, and, uh, and just know that this goes to families like that, right? So, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's a great, it's a great, great cause. Now, um, Gosh, shucks. and that website, one more time, sdpn.ca slash donate. Never heard of it! <laughs> heard it sucks! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> poor design. Poor design. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. Was that my fault? <laughs> hey, by the way, we also want to yeah, say that thank was you. The implication, yeah. Thank you for your support in downloading the uh, STPN app. We we Jesse, we cracked a top two hundred free apps. Yeah, in the store, in the uh, app store in Canada, which is exclusive company. It was cool. When I looked up, wow. when I to give you an idea of of how hard that is to do. Our app was above the CIBC app when mm -hmm. I checked it out on the charts. Wasn't it Amazon Echo? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was the Amazon app uh, that you get for your Echo and then uh, the Zara app. And then, yes, CIBC do, was Do we know how many there. downloads we've had so far? Uh, I can definitely look that I up. I would love right to there. know. And, and in the meantime... Stroke our egos. You know, there's. it's not that. It's just It's. I want to give you an idea of like how incredible. And I think the reason I want to say this is because it's so... The people that listen to the show for you, for I, I mean, we're blown away by the support. It's oh, just yeah. unbelievable, and um, there's a there's been a lot of love for for CJ and Julian, for Andrew uh, with with uh, Game Over Montreal, and uh, and you know Agent Provocateur, mm -hmm. and I have to say that the Marty Havlat interview, which it was super fun to I think to see people's reaction to how um, an agent has to trade a player sometimes because that's what Alan talks about in this this week's episode. So, you know, basically the Ottawa Senators went to Marty Havlat and said, um, 
Yeah, you're really good. And he came off. I think he had in two rounds. He had 13 points in in the playoffs. He was Martin Havlat for a time. Unbelievable. Listen. He was always good, but he was a killer for a while. And they said uh, they said they said yeah, we're done now. John Muckler called Allen and just said we don't want him. Why? Well, so that's why you need to listen. And what's amazing is how the whole trade to Chicago is facilitated. And and this is in 2006. And um, the hoops that Dale Talon had to run through, and I'm saying literally sprint through, because Wirtz, Bill Wirtz Sr. was still alive. And Bill Wirtz Sr. had specific ways that he did things, meaning that every contract, every paycheck had to be signed by him personally. Oh, Jesus. So to get the contract done, Bill, or Dale Talon had to sprint to Bill Wirtz's office before he left. And there's a whole story around that. And then there's a story about, and it just goes to show where Chicago as a market was with the Blackhawks when their home games weren't being televised, when they hadn't won the cup in 40 years. Um, well, you know, 2006 is when Taves was drafted. Yeah, like it was a mess. It was yeah. a total mess. And uh, they were getting 10,000 people a night in the stadium. Wow. And, uh, and it, it goes right into like um, uh, they, the reporter, the reporter didn't know who Alan Walsh was and got him confused with a Hawks, uh, like a guy that you would know from the 70s, who was also the assistant coach at the time. And we'll let, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that, that's your tease, okay. but it's, very, it's a very funny story and a really kind of quirky episode that way. Uh, I should also mention tonight that Mike Phil and, and uh, Tara Sloan are going to be on um, Game Over Montreal. Like, what a fucking lineup that is. It's pretty good, man. Andrew's Ber been killing it. It's crazy. Berkshire's, uh, like, that is, it's so hard. It's really hard recruiting guests, um, especially to go on with you live at ten thirty at night. Make sure they have the the proper uh, like equipment hookup. Yep, and everything. It's God. He's doing special things with. Game and Over. did you honestly? Did you know that like Andrew's a great host? Yeah, I knew I mean, he was good, but I didn't know he was like this. Yeah, like, like I no no offense, I had no idea. I was like, this show is amazing. Well, like you can't do everything. Yeah, yeah. like no, like I, you know, sometimes like your friends that you've known forever, you're like I've only ever heard Andrew in a guest context. Well, it's like it's like with Jesse when like he approaches us with a new thing he's working on, and I'm just like, I didn't know you knew the first thing. That's about what I'm that, saying. And you're great at it. No, it sounded insulting. I know it did, and I didn't mean it that way. But it, what it made did me... you know Berkshire was like competent? No, uh, yeah. what did it made you me know that Ber Berkshire could like do his job. What what it made me think though was I was like, I was like, how the hell did we end up with him? And every radio station across the country didn't call this guy. Like, how the fuck did that happen? That's, that's what I thought. That's their problem. Okay. Well, I, you know, Andrew knows I didn't mean that as a as an insult, but I, I hope don't. I hope on Twitter he takes it he as one. I don't think no. he does. <laughs> Back to Jerkshire. Yeah. Um. Uh. Jesse, what's the app download number? Uh. We have surpassed ten thousand one hundred and thirty-three wow. downloads. That's wow. of the SDPN unbelievable app. stuff. So Pretty donuts. cool. Um. And I just want you to know that your support here does matter because this is a a network in its founding stage. Um. There are problems that we have to solve every single day off camera and off off mic that are that are business problems and your support is the only way we're able to support to do this like honestly honestly we cannot make this business work without you yeah, and you so, are nothing without users that's, yeah, that's the entire thing yeah. you don't have a user base you can't do anything and 
here it's our user bases, our listeners and the fans and everybody who just supports us. So you're, the, you're a special bunch. It is. Every yeah. guest is is like, who the who are you? Yeah. After they speak to us for the first Actually, time, if they didn't know us in the, before. In the last couple of weeks, we've had a few people reach out and go, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, are you doing over there? Sometimes it goes squirrely yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but, sometimes it's good who the fuck are you, and sometimes it's bad, but that's It's okay. mostly good who the fuck are you. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Listen, I, I want to I I make a request here. I would like to make a request. And this is a direct plea to Don Cherry. Oh, okay, we're oh. back there. Okay, Don Cherry. I was like, where are we going? I'm going to take two minutes. Okay, and then we need to talk no, about it. No, no, we're all going to talk about it. Half an hour. Could Don, Cher- could Don Cherry take... <laughs> Eight minutes. Could Don Cherry let Remembrance Day go by and not make it about him? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is Adam Wilde talking. This is, I, it's not. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is I'm serious. Right Even now. when he was on Hockey Welcome. Night in Canada, Remembrance Day was about Don Cherry. Oh, boy. And I'm sick of this Adam, shit. Adam. So he is on the front page of the Toronto Sun yesterday. And the Toronto Sun's whole thing now, their whole fake thing that they're creating is no one's wearing poppies anymore. So therefore, no one respects veterans. That's their, that's their contention. Every so the I whole the newspaper house, is devoted right now to stories about that. Every time I leave the house and I'm not wearing one, I notice immediately that I'm not wearing one because everyone's wearing one. Well, that's been my personal experience. Don Cherry says, I went down to Toronto and I saw two poppies. It upset me! Exclamation point. He told that story years ago. No, he, he told it in this yeah. new article with Joe Warmington. But I'm pretty sure I even remember the number two. No, he told it. This is a new story. Steve, this isn't a story we've heard before over and over and over and over again. And over again. How old is Don Cherry? 87? 87. Good and here's the other thing. Good one. So, so we know he was fired because of what he said about poppies close to Remembrance Day, right? We know that. And so, of course, they asked the question, if, if you have to do it over again, would you have made the point in a better way? And he's, he acknowledges that. He said, if I had to do it o- over again, I would never apologize, but I would have said everybody instead of you people. Okay. Uh, he said, that's what I should have said, because when I go downtown, I don't see anybody wearing them. What I was trying to do was tell people who have come over from other countries that we wear poppies. So what you're trying to say is exactly what you were trying to say then. Yeah, he, he, uh, he got me to go from, oh, okay, fair enough, to, oh, nope, right back to the same thing again. And, this is, and, then, he, and then it can never be a conversation with Don Cherry and Remembered Stay without Don talking about himself. And this is where I get mad. Because Remembrance Day is about remembering the sacrifices. It started in World War I, but the sacrifices of soldiers. You don't have to be a fan of war or a war hawk to appreciate what a soldier, then or now, gives up. They cease to be a citizen. They are now a soldier. Their designation in society changes. And that is not an easy life. It's an extremely difficult one in war or in peace. Not easy. And so 
what we are doing today, it is Remembrance Day at the time of this recording, Veterans Day in the States, is we are honoring that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of war. Not a fan of war. I like to study it because I think it's important to study it so that we can avoid it. Well, you're a history buff and war is such a big part of history. 100%. 100%. And, you know, what, what's, what's more important here is that we, we honor the everyday person. You know, it's not the, you know, you, you honor the generals, you honor the people, that, but you're honoring the everyday person who at 18, 19, 20, 25, 30 years old gives up whatever it is they have, the, the really great lifestyle we have, and, and says, I'm going to do this for my country because it's a necessary thing and somebody has to. And there are people, we, we went to school with people who did this. And there are, you know, our, remember our friend oh. Stevie? Still in the armed forces today. He's 15 years a veteran. I think Stevie listens sometimes. Okay, well, hi, Steve. And so, and you know, I know this. No, he's got to be Stevie. I know this. He's always going to be Stevie. Um, He's, you know, he's got three kids. He's married and did two or three tours of duty in Afghanistan while all of that happened, right? That's sacrifice. That's something on a level that we will never understand. And Don Cherry is spouting off in the Toronto Sun about how his opinion cost him a million bucks. Oh, no. This is what it... It cost me a lot of money, said Cherry with a laugh. A million bucks. That's what I was making. And then he goes on to say... On, this is where the article goes on to say, on Tuesday, he was stopped by people talking about how much they miss him on TV. But that's not what he's thinking about these days. That's not something he's thinking about anymore. And then he said, it was funny. The big, tough t- truck drivers and construction guys... They got all choked up and all they could say, uh, uh, and he said, uh, all he can say is thank you. He loves those blue collar Canadians, quote, and the military and the police. Why does it matter on today, today or leading up to today? In context of Remembrance Day, why does it matter what Don Cherry loves? Is that Don Cherry or Joe? Well, the quote was, and the military and the police was a quote. No, I know, but I, I just, I just, this article is all over the place. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm taking pieces. Right. I'm here's, jumping ahead. Here's you don't my, need to see the whole thing. Here's, I suppose, I suppose. But as the reader, I'm like, I'm sorry, what is the subject matter? Is the subject matter Remembrance Day or is it Dawn? Or people not wearing poppies. Or people not wearing poppies. To me, that's, to me, that's Joe's responsibility. Jo- Dawn is just answering questions. You know what I mean? Yep. Am I wrong here? No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. I've met Joe, by the way. I met him. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's all over the place. Well, but it, it, this is my ask, though. Just as we don't need to reanimate the corpse of Al Strachan on Twitter, we don't care what Jesus. Al Strachan thinks anymore. Really? Anymore. Or ever. He was never good on Hockey Night in Canada. He was just there. We don't need to do this with Don Cherry. We don't need to, to trot him out every Remembrance Day and make it about him. Like, I understand that there is a political slant to every newspaper in this country. I get it. Completely understand that. Everybody's guilty of bias. Get it. But this is really, truly supposed to be something that we, as a nation, go, politics aside, thank you for your sacrifice. And Don Cherry's talking about his sacrifice of a million bucks. You got to be kidding me. And then talking about the working man and how much they love him and how they cry when they see him. That's the problem for me. And I just think it needs to be said. 
I have a real issue with that. I'm passionate about this subject. It bothers me. It really bothers me. I hate how dumb my brain is. Because I was like, you know what it reminds me of? The half trifle, half shepherd's pie from Friends. <laughs> what? What do you mean? They're, Tell us what you think. You're not well, stupid. You're, no, it's just like, uh, you know, they're two meals that are fine. And then, but you eat them at the same time. You put them in the same bowl and it doesn't make any sense. Oh. Like to me, this is two different articles that uh, have been put into the same bowl and don't fit. Well, it's because they're trying to wedge it into a, a stirred up controversy, right? Right. And that's just, it's the, the, the theme of Remembrance Day should not be guilt. No, it should be honor. No, that's, it's not, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's an effective way to get people to do what you want which ultimately is support veterans right mm -hmm. right i have so a huge problem with post media and joe warmington giving an 87 year old who has if you type into youtube.com uh john cherry saying terrible things has a long uh compilation of him being sexist and xenophobic for over 30 years on television I have a problem with you giving him a platform after all of that. Like, why? Well, they, they want you to have the problem, right? They want you to be... Yeah, so I have as, a problem with you. Yeah, don't do that. I, it's are, move on. Are we losing right now by... No, yes, no, we're not. No, we're bit. not. Like, and I'll tell you why. Because there's an alternative to this. What's that? Shireen Ahmed, yeah. in two years ago, right around this Don Cherry controversy, which took over Remembered State. Mm -hmm. Let me remind everyone. He was let go on November 11th. Yes, which is so fucking painful in retrospect because, again, it pulls from this, from what this is supposed to be all about, right? And I'm pointing to my poppy if you're listening. Shereen Ahmed posted this article, uh, and it's an opinion piece in the Globe and Mail, what Don Cherry forgets about Remembered State hockey and what unites Canada. I'm going to send that to Jesse, and we're going to link to it on YouTube, so you can check it out. Because that's an article worth reading. Okay. Okay? I like that. Because that's, this is, this is where we need to, this is where we need to get to, right? Let's stop making Remembered Stay about anybody else other than the, the person who gives it up for their country, peacekeeping, wartime, whatever it is. That's who this should be about. Fair? Fair. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, stop talking to Don Jerry. Yes. Yes. Well, they won't. They just, they're obsessed with him there. Um, so let's move on to Bob Murray. And, you know, the second that we posted the podcast yesterday, it felt like it was out of date. And I'm glad though, this is, this is, we were asking for hope. You know, we did the show yesterday and the show was like dark days in the NHL. It's been dark. It's been dark since really, um, since it was, you know, it, the exorcism, the, the exorcism of the NHL really kicked off with Don Cherry a couple years ago and has continued. And this is the first real sign of change and hope that I think I've seen, and it's because people finally feel comfortable to speak up. And uh, it was the hotline. People, it was the hotline. People called into the hotline, and they uh, obviously talked about Bob Murray. So Bob Murray has resigned and will enroll in an alcohol abuse program. Uh, the owners, the Samuelis of uh, the uh, the owners of the Ducks, said first and foremost, we apologize on behalf of the organization to anyone affected by misconduct from Bob Henry and Susan Samueli said in a statement Wednesday, adding that they fully support his efforts to improve his physical and mental health by asking for help. We expect every member of organi organization to be treated with respect and not stand for abuse of any time. 
We will now begin a methodical extensive search for GM uh, to lead us forward. We expect that to be complete uh, no later than next summer. Jeff Solomon, who is the AGM, uh, will step in in the meantime. Jeff Merrick said that he may end up being the guy, but they're going to do their search anyway. Jim Rutherford's name was thrown out there by Jeff. But at the end of the day, back to the original issue, which is being able to call this out. It's, I think it's really nice that it's happened. It was acknowledged. And again, what we said yesterday, before the investigation was even complete, they put him on administrative leave. Right. And that is what you need to do. Put him on administrative leave. It's not unpaid leave. They're not being suspended. Do the investigation. And then take care of the situation. I'd be curious to know uh, what made the Ducks do the right thing after the NHL and Florida Panthers failed. Maybe that's because, because directly because of. Could be. Could be. Maybe that's, that's how progress works. I think so. And right. it's always slower than we want it to be. Yeah. I know everyone grumbles like, like you know, it doesn't, one doesn't excuse the other, mm-hmm. but you do have to at least not praise, but maybe take some comfort in the progress, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Rather than... I, you know what? I, I do believe in praising some, some progress here. And I realize for a lot of people, they're probably like, this went on for years and completely understood. I mean the progress of like the two weeks between the two things. Yeah. Bob Murray and Joel Quinville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely think it's progress and we still should say, all right. Sure. There's a good example. We only had bad examples before this, didn't we? Yeah. Progress. Progress. It's, I'm fascinated. Like, like I said, um, I'd like for, I'd like to hear nothing about these things because I'd like them to never happen. Mm Mm-hmm. But as long as they're happening, we need to know about them and we need to stand up against them. And hopefully the employees in Anaheim get the help they need should they need help. Yeah. Hopefully that's offered as well. Bob's getting his help. Uh, they need theirs. Um, I want to talk about, uh, I want to do a hard right, right turn. Let's talk about some hockey. Let's talk about the fact that the Leafs played, I think, has to be their most complete game of the entire season last night. It's fascinating you say that because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting that you guys don't think so. Tell me what. I thought the Flyers were awful. Oh. And- <laughs> Maybe that's why the Leafs look so good. Yeah, well, they beat up on a shit team. I, I texted Berkshire last night because he's sort of my analytical go-to. And I'm like, dude, do the Flyers suck? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know because they had so much turnover. And I know Carter Hart is having a pretty good season. Yeah, I think he had a really good game. He held them in that game despite their skaters not performing. No, and they're missing Ryan Ellis, but geez, the Leafs are missing John Tavares. And I, I've kept saying this season, like I keep looking at the individual context of games. Mm-hmm. If a team comes to town, they're in your building and they're down guys, you have to beat them. Mm-hmm. So they shut out the Vegas Golden Knights because Jesus, you should. <laughs> you know, they don't have any of their players and it's a home game. They're on the road and everything. So the Leafs walk into Philadelphia yesterday, mm-hmm. and that's a game, if Philadelphia is to be taken seriously, the Flyers have to have. And they weren't in it for a minute. Maybe the first... The, God, the Leafs really need to stop giving up scoring chances in the first 30 seconds. Oh, it's terrible <laughs> for that. Oh, oh, oh. They're so bad at it. But uh, beyond that... Is that their smelling salts, by the way? Yeah. Oh, oh 
Jeez, we're in an NHL game. I forgot. <laughs> I was wondering what all the stuff I was wearing was. Like, so they're so confusing. But other than maybe a, I don't know, three saves Campbell had to make in the first period, the Flyers didn't didn't look dangerous at all. I was amazed how often the Flyers shot it. There was a juicy rebound. And there was not an orange jersey in sight to collect it. Like, there were a couple times where the Leafs defensemen were like, ooh, oh, okay, I guess I'll just calmly pass this out of danger. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me the most was the Leafs' penalty kill because it looked like the best penalty kill of all time. Oh, yeah. every time the, flower, the Flyers were on the power play, they didn't get anything going. And I think it was just because they weren't good enough to get anything going last night. But that team is so funny, right? Because that team's got talent. They do have talent. They have a great yeah. skill. Every there. team has talent. And Snarl. And oh yeah, and you saw that like the bunting, uh, bunting with Konechny, yeah, and, uh, and also Giroux, right? Wasn't there a Giroux thing? Giroux, or did he draw, he draw penalty. Provorov, but it, it to, to me, what I said in the LFR is it looked like a team doing an impression of the Flyers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it didn't look like the Flyers at all. They weren't difficult to play against, and the scoring chances for the Leafs seemed to come so easy. Like the two Nylander goals, it seemed just they were. Cakewalks, you know, they just—he got them so easily. And and you know, credit credit where it's due. Like Nick Ritchie had a great game, and he took advantage of well, except for the penalty, but he took advantage of <laughs> yeah. uh, a team that was soft in front of both nets. Mm-hmm. The uh, the helmet penalty was a little ridiculous. Oh, a little yeah. ridiculous. Can we talk about that? Can, we, can you explain well, that it, for anybody it, that missed the game? But before we talk about the the helmet penalty, he was able to make such a nice pass to Nylander on the second goal because. No one even yeah. blew him a kiss. Like, no just, one was there. <laughs> no one was there. Um, that was the Kasha goal, too. Yeah. The Kasha goal, too, was a guy standing still at the blue line. Kerfoot speeds around them. The Flyers overcommit, and Kasha's like, I, I suppose I'll just stand here and score then. The, the Nylander goal, the one on the power play, I think it was the second one, where yes. he's just in the slot. That looks like when you're in warm-ups and you do the circle round and you come up to the slot. It's a and you, drill. And you just get a shot on the goalie. He just got a wrister right over the blocker, and it was so easy. I, I expect the Flyers <laughs> to be better next time. So Richie got into a kerfuffle with oh, someone. Yeah. I don't even remember who it was. And he just decided to grab his helmet and take it off, which is something you would get away with in years past. Oh, yeah. But it's November, and also when you take a guy's helmet off, he has to leave the ice, so every ref has eyes on it and actually has to care now. They used to see it and just not care, uh, but it's a pretty standard penalty. It's worse than tripping a guy, because if you trip a guy, he'll get up. If, if you pull a guy's helmet off as far away from his own bench as he could possibly be, yeah, you're taking him out of the play holding slashing hooking they got nothing on just ripping the guy's helmet it's creative so it is sure and unless you're brad marchand then you've been doing it for years but uh, yeah but brad marchand would be smart enough to get away with it mm-hmm. brad marchand would give a signed stick to the ref and have you know the ref would have nothing yeah, to say pierre, pierre mcguire would be like snapping him on slapping him on the butt slap well done bradley butt. yeah good job good job um <laughs> yeah no that was just ridiculous and yeah, sheldon for- keith said as much after i the forget game. who said it on the broadcast but they were like if he had just dropped the helmet right away he probably would have got away with it because they were <laughs> they were kind of scrumming and then the helmet came off and he yeah because, <laughs> but he held on to it and yeah. he's like look everybody i got a helmet he <laughs> threw it <laughs> he threw it you know how players throw their hands up 
Like yeah. to say I'm not tripping the guy. It's like if they threw their hands up and carried the guy with them like a fish. <laughs> it's a Tinder profile. Yeah. Look at this fish. Oh my god. It's a guy a, I tripped. There's a girl on TikTok who does this filter. That one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she just rates fish in Tinder profile. Oh my god. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Good. This is very um, nice. There's fish. a there's a guy who does fart dedications. Have you seen that guy? Oh yeah. No. So he just. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. I was, I was just like, how did my for you page get here? I think he's, hmm. I think it's hilarious. TJ plays them every morning off the air. It's amazing. Um, you play the, them on the air. You know, I, I do have to say, um, it was nice to see when Richie got that assist. Everybody made a point to come over to him and tap him on the yeah. head. And you know, it's because he has struggled. What he had one point in his last thirteen. That was his second point of the season, I believe. Yeah. It, well, because with him, it's worse than a player who's playing poorly because he has played poorly in, in a lot of mm -hmm. games but he's also played really well in a few and gotten nothing for it nothing can we get wayne simmons a gosh darn goal yeah he's I had know. so many chances and you just want him to score yeah and and that's why it was so nice to see uh richie get an assist but also kasha get a goal yep um because jesus like you talk about snake bitten he oh man he plays a very specific role on the team. Kasha if, or Simmons? Kasha. Okay. But it, well, I mean, both of them. Yeah. But uh, Kasha, if Kasha had to play in the top six, I have full confidence that he could, but he's on a line with Kampf and uh, Engvall, and it's just not going to happen. No. They're getting every defensive zone start. They're playing against the top line of every team. So the chances he does get, I mean, should any of us be shocked that his only goal this season came on a shorthanded breakaway. That's the only way he's going to get one. But he does have the offensive ability, and you saw that with the shot to uh, Absolutely. make a difference. Well, he scored 20 goals in his rookie year, I think. So he's not, he's, he, he can score. Um, with, and, and, who, and who fed him the pass? Someone who's not usually on his line, Kerfoot. Right, right. Now, with, with Richie, I do want to st stick on Richie for just a second yeah, because he has been a bit of a story um, this entire season. Because And, and I think it actually rings a little more true now, or at least it, it, it becomes more, um, for a Leaf fan, if you watch the All or Nothing documentary on Amazon, which we hope you did, the, um, uh, the, the Jimmy Vesey conversation where it's like, you know, where Sheldon Keefe literally says, what, you're very vanilla. You need a thing. You need a thing. <laughs> and Nick Ritchie seemed to be struggling for a thing. Didn't, it didn't mean he couldn't have one or that he wasn't capable. It just seems like it was sort of like, okay, where, what, what is the special thing that you bring? Um, and it seems like the team, and I don't know what it was like for VC, so I can't speak to one way or the other, but it does seem like this team really wants Nick Ritchie here. It seems like the players want him to figure it out. It seems like they're really hoping, and I think that's kind of cool. I thought that was really cool that Jake Muzzin went over and tapped him on the head. Of like course. That's really cool. That's nice camaraderie. Yeah. They're supporting a guy who's maybe not feeling it right now. And you know what? That, that pass to, to Nylander, spectacular. Yeah, you kind of forget he's a first-round pick, right? Like, yeah, he, right behind Nylander. I think he was drafted, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you kind of forget that he has uh, offensive capabilities. I think he's another guy who scored at least 15, maybe 20. Um, it just it has not been going in. Right. Has not bloody been going in. Um, Jimmy VC, like when they call him vanilla, I, I like vanilla ice cream, but there are lots of other very tasty ice creams. Nick Ritchie, like I just, I, I feel like Jimmy VC is just sort of a very competent hockey player, but 
not totally capable of a thing. Fourth line offensive guy. Eh, it's not really a, it's not a thing. Nick Ritchie. I think part of the reason this team is so invested in him is he is very clearly capable of having a thing, mm -hmm. which is being a problem. I want Nick Ritchie to be a problem. Maybe not rip a guy's helmet off and throw it and get a penalty, but I want him to cause a ruckus in front of the net every single time. I want him to lay at least two solid hits in a game. And I'm talking about he needs to throw more than that, mm -hmm. but he's got to land a pair every game, really hard ones. He, he has the ability to provide the Leafs a lot of what they lack. Yes. I don't know if this is going to be terribly wrong. Oh, dear. I think it's never going to work out in Toronto with Nick Ritchie. Oh, boy. Because Nick Ritchie will never be Zach Hyman. And that's the expectation right now is that he was brought in to fulfill Zach Hyman's role. And he's not going to be able to do that because he's not as good of a player in that role as Zach Hyman. We got on the ice. They got the Leafs have to stop living with their ghosts. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. He's not here. The Leafs he's have not to here. stop collapsing in monumental ways. Well, there's that. There's there's. Yeah, that'd be I think nice. I think the fans look at it as. We miss Zachy. We, we see Himes in Edmonton just succeeding so well. He's going to go to the Olympics. He's going to be on Team Canada. And that's just going to haunt this team all year long as Nick Ritchie struggles to put up any point yeah. oh, and, and play and, outside of the top six. And you know who'd be great in that role? Connor Brown. Oh, we got rid of him too, so we can't put him in there. But friggin' no. Michael Bunting is there. I want him to be the best version of Michael Bunting. Nick Ritchie is there. I want him to be the best version of Nick Ritchie. My fear is not that Nick Ritchie can't be the best version of Nick Ritchie. It's that it doesn't even make sense for him to be the best version of Nick Ritchie. You know what I'd like to see? You know how uh, Josh... When a jo better forward. Yes. <laughs> I want to see him figure it out. Of course. Me too. But, um, like, I'm not, not rooting for the guy to fail, but you know those nights where Josh Anderson is vintage Josh Anderson? Oh, where he's the most noticeable, unstoppable force on the ice. Yes. And there's nights where Josh Anderson, it, it's 50-50 it's, it's with Josh Anderson. I feel like every other game, if you were to balance it out on the season, 41 games, you're going to go, holy shit, this guy's invincible. Pay yeah. him everything. And 41 games, you're like, oh, where's Josh Anderson tonight? Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Tavares game, game one uh, in the playoffs, Josh Anderson was unbelievable. He's scary. Yeah. Scary. Oh, but but then guys disappear. Yeah. everywhere. That's, that's been the ah, thing about Josh Anderson. With Nick Ritchie, and you're going to say I'm crazy here, but bear with me. What's stopping him from getting to at least that Josh Anderson level? Skating. His abilities on the ice. Abilities on the ice. <laughs> I don't, I don't he's, think he's good The size player. is there. He's got, some, he's got the size, he's got the hands, he's got the shot. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the speed, but those types of guys don't have to be the fastest. Josh is fast. He's unbelievable fast. skater. But I'm just, what I'm saying is, with Nick Ritchie, I feel like even if you can be... Like, why can't you do that? Like, could you not be a dominant force for half the games? Here, I'll give you a name. Or 25% of the games. I'll give you a name that's going to bother you. Please. David Clarkson. 2012. <sighs> Ooh, you hurt me. 2012, You're, you're talking about Kovalchuk's line, David Clarkson. David Clarkson did one thing, and he did it extremely well. Which was what? He stood in front of the net as a nuisance and tipped and whacked pucks in. Nick Ritchie could do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that's within his skill level. 100%. Um, he could be a bit scary, though. Don't you want... I want to see Nick Ritchie be scary to opposing defensemen. Yeah. Maybe, not for, maybe not because he's going to walk by them, but because he's going to destroy them in the corner. Johan Franzen. Oh, yeah. Um, 
the other one. Why am I forgetting? Who's the other guy? Clarkson, Franzen. The Detroit about? guy. I just had him. He didn't have... Holmstrom. Thomas Holmstrom. Holmstrom. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. I... Every... The week of the Easter Seals tournament is very I know, it's difficult. Exhausting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Thomas Holmstrom. Anyway, yes. Like, so, he doesn't have the skating to be Josh Anderson. No. But he should... I would like to, one time, look over at the bench and see Simmons and Spezza talking to Richie. And then they kind of smirk. And we're able to go, oh, he's going to have one of those shifts. And they just talk about it, and they have a shift where he just goes, like Mario with the star, and goes and just runs around and tries to smash everybody through he doesn't, the glass. He doesn't have the agility and the explosiveness to move around the ice and be sneaky enough to go hammer guys in different spots. You I, know, I don't yeah, believe, you do have to be in position. I don't believe his skating is up to that level where he's that guy who's crashing and he's at every point on the ice when it's his shift. I, I believe he can do the in front of the net role. That's great if that's yep. his role on the team, but he's never going to be Hyman. I do think there's room there for him to work with Tavares because mm-hmm. Tavares is also not the most fleet of foot, but watching him with Matthews and Marner, it sucks because like I, when the Leafs finally got Matthews and Tavares playing at the same time, I was like, oh, great. And within a few shifts, I was like, holy shit, this isn't going to work at all. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, <laughs> they would have figured that out in the preseason had Matthews been able to play, but he, his feet, no way, no way. It's a step behind. It is a step behind. I know. I just, you know, I always feel like, like maybe, or you're, maybe you're never going to be Josh Anderson, but like, could Josh you Anderson's be 80%? A great player. It's the feet. It's the feet, eh? It's I the just feet. wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Ah. And like, and like, we're underrating other abilities because he's a great passer. And yeah. the, the shot's not elite, but it's a good shot, you know? There are guys who have made fine careers who weren't exactly burners. Yeah. By the way, one, one of them's the captain. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but nobody, you're not JT, you know? Like, yeah. there's a reason he's the $10 million first line center. Right. Let me ask you this. 11. Oh, sorry, 11. Here's a, way, here's a way too early <laughs> question, but I want to ask this question anyway, okay? And it's not fair because not all the games have played, been played yet. No, I get it. Right now in the Atlantic Division, Florida, Toronto, Detroit. Metro, Carolina, New York, Washington, and the wild card is Tampa and Philly. That means Columbus, New Jersey, New York Islanders, Boston, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Montreal at the very bottom are not in there. Yeah, there's, there's a few real weird names. <laughs> what of Which of these teams? Pick one. Columbus, New Jersey, New York Islanders, Boston, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. Which one of them definitely makes it? Islanders. Jesse. So, your which teams did you give the teams out of the playoffs yeah. in the metro or just in the east? In in uh, I'm looking at the wild card oh, right okay. now. The wild Every card. one of my fantasy teams sucks. <laughs> I got Matt Barzal. Can you post your fantasy team so there, we can all see it? Terrible. Go. I'd like to see it. I want to physically look at why it's terrible. Well, and then, and you know like, what we I've already gotten rid of a few guys I drafted. We Pavelski hints. They've been terrible. I also would like oh. to know why Jesse, um, and we'll talk about Dallas speaking of Hinson Pavelski, but what, um, I want Jesse to dismantle your team, not in a mean way, but oh. be like, here's where Steve went wrong. Shifley, 
I would need to see uh, the draft, the order. draft order. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly oh, what I was about to say. Oh. Yeah, I wonder if you can look that up. I hope yeah, if, so. you, if you did a snake, I wish you did an auction draft order, but I know the next year. Worse. Was, so yeah, just in your snake draft, I want to see your position and guys that went after. I would be like, you should have done this. Shifley was hurt or suspended, and then he comes mm-hmm. back and he's on COVID protocol. So he's got two points. John Klingberg has two points. I'm dying here, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. Yeah, of the. Name one team that's gonna that's gonna climb back in quickly. And by the way, no one team. Boston's making the playoffs. Okay, there's no doubt about that. And that's w- a guaranteed lock. I'd like to throw this out there that every team except for Ottawa and Montreal in the East is within two points of the Flyers for that last wild card right now. Wow, tight. I everybody in the preseason who was like, you know what. Those Ottawa Senators, they're going to be pesky. They're going to be fighting. I for thought the, they would They're be. going to be a lot better. Eat your words, everybody. I got Eating. some shit for what happened? having Three, Detroit eight, above them. Really? I had Detroit above them. Good yep. thing. Uh, I, Tyler Bertuzzi's been on a tear, man. I didn't have Detroit's that a high. great young team. Yep. Oh, yeah. Ciders, I, Ciders been how's, great. I didn't know they were this good. I, I, I've been meaning to pay more attention. How's Nadalkovich been? Uh, good enough. They're scoring, though. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like They were not frigging scoring and had to donate... Uh, or dedicate every ounce of everything to defense, which they sucked at anyway. Yeah, um, Detroit scored the fourth most goals in the entire National Hockey League. They're a team, like they're they're and not in the Pierre Dorian way. Like they're they don't have to um, be the other team in every game. You know what I love about Nadelkovic? does that make sense? I'm going to give you the Nadelkovic stats, and then I slapped. Are they laugh. bad? No, he's he, eight games, seven started, three, two, and two okay um 2.89 goals against average 914 save percentage pretty good right fine and the funny thing about that is freddie anderson who were like wow i don't understand why you'd let him go freddie anderson's been better (laughs) like he's been that's pretty that's a damn good start for uh for a goalie Mm -hmm. third round pick three million dollars i just don't get it well but freddie's been better yeah okay they look like geniuses you could have you could have freddie (laughs) nadalkovich no, you couldn't do that. Why not? No, you could do that. <laughs> I, I want to know how Anti Ranta must be very good today. Ran- Anti Ranta got, uh, he's, I don't know if he's playing anymore. Oh, no. Because stop me if you've heard this before. Is he injured? A Carolina Hurricanes goalie left the net to play the puck and got steamrolled. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he leaves the net. It was Lomberg. I forget his first name. Lomberg on the uh, Panthers just ran Ranta right over and I don't think there's anything Lumber could have done. I saw that. Didn't he get kicked out of the game for that? I don't remember. There was one somebody who did and it was like, what choice do you have? Well, Clifford did for what he did to Mrazek. But the puck is loose and Lumber is very clearly trying to play the puck the entire time. Mm -hmm. And he just runs. He steamrolled Ranta. It wasn't nice. Um, Rick Bonus met with the media in Dallas 20, for 29 seconds after the loss last night. Let me run you through the transcript. I, that's probably the biggest problem with my team is I bet on the stars. <laughs> I, I mean, given the, given the fact that they had all the COVID shit and, and the fact that they went to the Stanley Cup for, you know, the year before, I don't blame you for... I would have. Yeah, Bonus, but uh, they don't score. <laughs> so Rick Bonus in front of the media, shoot. As in, give me a question. Question. Is a team meeting like that significant? And the meeting is, it was a players-only meeting right after the game. They kept the coaches out. Uh, Bonus said, we'll find out. (laughs) Question. What's the message in that kind of a meeting? Bonus. We'll find out. 
I know exactly what's wrong with this team, and we're going to fix. Question, what do they need to fix? Or what do you need to fix? Bonus, they'll know. Question, are you in that meeting? Bonus, no, it's players only, so we'll fix it. I know exactly what's wrong. We'll fix it. See you tomorrow. Jeez. He's not happy. Does it not feel a little bit like 2019? When Remember when Jim Nill... It got lost in all the crazy news of 2019. Remember Jim Nill going, this team fucking sucks. <laughs> like the athletic oh, reporter yeah, just yeah. showed up and he was like, hey, did I tell you this team sucks because it fucking sucks? And yeah. we're all like, Jim, this is your team. You put it together. Yeah, man. Like They, they did pull it together after that. With Dallas, nobody in the league besides the Arizona Coyotes has scored less goals this year than the Dallas Stars. They're second last in the league in goals for. And they struggled and, with that before. And they haven't. And everybody's they, older. They haven't been able to score for a, a, a couple of years. Like what got them to the Stanley Cup Finals? There was their defense, mm -hmm. and then and, and timely goals and and goaltending. And Pavelski and then, being the ageless one is gone. <laughs> yeah. Is so gone? well, right now. You need you need some things to fix this lineup, or you need to find some way to get them going. I don't know. The the Leafs are the poster children for you know, getting paid a lot of money and underachieving. Um, it does happen to other big money players in the league. Jimmy Ben and Tyler Sagan probably don't take enough shit <laughs> because this seems to happen all the time. I feel like every few months we're just due for a Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan aren't scoring enough story. And they're not. They're not. And I don't even have either of those guys. It was, <laughs> but you do have Rupins who just scored his first goal of the year like a <laughs> night did? ago. He's hey, <laughs> Steve! No! All right, all right, all right. That dude was over a point a game, uh -huh. and I had Pavelski and Klingberg, and oh, oh, did I make such a mistake? Ah, oh, hence he's got one goal and two assists in how many games? Twelve. What did I do <laughs> to deserve this dry Manhattan? Um, like he's career high of nineteen. Like I don't know. I don't know if your your drafting skills are that great. Look at this. Look at the point over point I, a game. I love this. Where's slow the over point a game season? Oh, last year. I yeah, love last year. Yeah, oh, 40 bubble. Yeah. Hey, yo, I love the slow dismantling of Steve's fantasy team because he came in like I feel really good about this. I have Vasilevsky. I have Igudala. And the one that <laughs> Vasilevsky and Hellebuck started poorly, but I'm like, don't worry, they'll join. And then they did. And then the rest of the team was like, guess what? We're not. Wow. We're garbage. Um, I also would like you to know that today, uh, aside from all of this, uh, the Toronto media uh, has decided oh, parts no. of the Toronto media are campaigning for Dave Nonis to be the GM of the Anaheim Ducks. Steve Simmons tweeting, Dave Nonis, former GM of the Leafs and the Canucks, has a high-level position with the Ducks of Anaheim. If anyone has the right demeanor to calm the storm that led to Bob Murray's resignation, it is Nonis. Michael Trakos retweeted that and said, underrated GM. Noah Love said, what would you suggest were his underrated moves as GM, aside from successfully dumping two players he acquired who were absolute boat anchors? Wow. And, and Michael Trakos tweeted, drafted Nylander... Now, you know the drafted Nylander story, right? Uh, there's a few. What is it? The drafted Nylander story goes. This is folklore, but I've heard it from enough people where I go, there might be some truth to this. Oh, I think I know what you're about to say. And I think... This, the, this sounds like a ghost story. Well, considering the source we heard it from, I don't know that it is. I don't remember who. I'll tell you after the show. Um, and what do you think, Montreal? 
Anyway, um, the story goes that Brendan Shanahan is in his first full year as the general or as the president. Mm-hmm. And remember, this team um, sort of fell off a cliff, right? They were terrible. They did that for like four straight years. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. torture. It was torture. Yeah, people forget, eh? It's not like just the game sevens. It's the cliff jumping before, right? Like, it, th- th- that 2012 no, happened. Like, the season all- before that, the team fell off a cliff so bad, I, like, almost wanted to stop doing LFRs again. <laughs> but, like, it was, it's the closest I've actually come to doing it. Because oh. I just... I All my videos started to become 90 seconds by the end of the season because I was just like, I don't feel the need to talk about this fucking team. Like, I hated them so much. So, and then the next year they lose the case. <laughs> yes. So they they so Shanahan sits down at the draft table and says to the scouts and Dave Nonis, okay, guys, who are we thinking? We got the eighth pick. It's a good pick. Well, we got this defenseman, big, strong. Exactly what we need. They and the, and the way it was described to me was this was an Eric Goodbranson type defenseman. They just wanted a gigantic man. We never got a name. Never got a name, but it was a defenseman, from what I heard. And uh, and the, and and they make the recommendation to Shanahan. They go, okay, Shanny, this is the this is the guy. So, um, depending upon how the story is told, Shanahan says nothing but okay, okay, right. And you can imagine what an okay from Brandon Shanahan's like. I, I've met you met Brandon Shanahan. Describe Brandon Shanahan in person. Impossible to read. Impossible. Impossible to read. He is the Mona Lisa of men. Yeah, he could be uh, giving you praise or planning your murder at any moment. Right, and he could be—he could say, "I love what you're doing," and you're not sure if he does. <laughs> yeah. He could hate it. He might be a liar. Uh, I've met him before, or I'm sorry, I didn't meet him. He passed me when I worked for Leafs TV and said, "Hey," and I said, "Mr. Shanahan," and that is as far as it went. Good for you. Um. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, this is that was when it was like twenty seven. Anyway, this mm-hmm. story goes: they make the recommendation at the draft, and Shanahan goes, "Okay, big, strong, tough defenseman, got it, got it." Goes up to the podium and says, "The Leafs draft William Nylander. The Leafs select William Nylander." And the now, depending again, depending upon who's telling the story, somebody we know said, um. He came back and basically told them all he was cleaning house. Yeah, you're all fired. <laughs> and that, that they ought to start looking. The other story is he just came back, sat down and said nothing. And I don't know which is worse. Oh, that one. The second one. Seems like it's worse. Yeah. So if this is true, you've made the recommendation. The president of... of <laughs> says comes back and says nothing and you're the one who advocated i think you get the message right well because that was the 14 15 season was uh it was around march i want to say when they axed everyone they made the fnuf trade and fired i think it was 18 scouts the same day and didn't they fire some people like midway through the summer i remember like darren dreger talking about like i can't was pooling right and they're like well i don't know why well because he he didn't the pool into this day is like, well, he didn't even talk to me. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah, I, th- I think he said, like, we didn't even have a conversation. I'm trying to think about who would be in and around the organization at that time that could verify this story. I could, we could ask. Morgan Riley. I should have asked him immediately. <laughs> I don't Morgan know that anybody would be there. 
a lot of people move on like the execs move on the marketing right. people move so on so they'd be that. willing to tell the truth about it the strange thing we about know it, we know enough people we probably could verify it i'd love to know also the pick was probably travis sandheim that's what i was trying to figure out yeah. and i just i find Is it hard huge? to believe i well, looked at everybody who was over six foot so like i crossed off julius honka because he's like five yeah, eleven gonna be julius honka. um hayden flurry went one pick before nylander but uh Hayden Flurry is a big defenseman. Like maybe, maybe he wasn't he, on the board, but he wasn't on the board at the time, so yeah. it couldn't have been. Hey, we want a Hayden Flurry, and then he went up and picked Nealon. So the next pick, who's a big guy, is Travis Sandheim, who's six three. Yeah, yeah but one hundred and eighty one pounds. Yeah, right. Six three meat. Yeah. That's what they would have thought. Uh, Anybody else in that? First you know, round? when you're when you're eighteen, he was probably like. 150 and 6'3, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's yeah. soaking wet. So they're like, oh, he'll put on the weight and then, but he's 6'3. So the I don't know. Only other defenseman who got drafted in the first round that year was Tony D'Angelo. Mm -hmm. And he's not that big. There's Dominic Mason, who Tampa got in the second round, who's 6'2. But I did like the second round. Marcus Peterson, maybe 6'3. Who's under 180 pounds? But at the time, he's 18. Maybe he puts on the size. You know? Yeah, so maybe they're yeah, you look at the that. frame. Yeah, this five yeah. years later. But we're talking about later. they wanted to make that pick with the eighth overall, like <laughs> right. basically well, select the next Dylan McElrath. Who, who had they drafted the year before in the first round? Freddie the Goat. Exactly in the first round. Freddie Goche was a first round pick. I forgot pick. that completely. And That's I remember at the time the cool. TSN TSN still had the the draft at that point. And they were like, uh, you can hear them kind of scrambling. And they're like, uh, he's the projection. He tops out at the third line center. Um, we're like in the third round, you drafted that my first round. I, first round. Sorry. I don't remember who told me this story, but uh, Nick Antropov went like what? 10th overall, yeah, nine or 10th or whatever. whatever. I can't remember the year, but <laughs> the fan. So this is like before, you know, having, uh, like you couldn't just surf the internet willy nilly super fast, uh, and the Leafs picked Antropov, and he was projected to go like forty second. So the radio host who was working the fan that day had dozens of people uh, on paper in front of them, and did not none of them were Nick Antropov. No. Antropov, oh, and they're no. like, "Who the fuck is that? the draft?" Is such a specific thing you got to study for and be yeah. prepared for because you got to know two hundred guys. Where's he? Kazakhstan? Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> that's they not Kazakhstan know. now. That's Kazakhstan in the 90s. Yeah. Right. Different yeah, no, world. He was right? born in the USSR. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. And like, and, and think about it. Like, I don't mean like Ka Ka Kazakhstan has changed, obviously. But the access to information from Kazakhstan. Is it Kazakhstan, obvious, Adam? I it think is, it, it might only be obvious to you. But the information available in 1998 from Kazakhstan when you're in North America. Right. Slight. Tiny. Oh. I, always, I always admire Sam Constantino because whenever he's on TV, he's amped up about a guy you've never heard of, and and I'm like, he, I yeah, sure. <laughs> we forget that Freddie the Goat is a six five hockey player. Yeah, yes, but which that's, is a rare breed. It is. I mean, it's. It would have been nice if he was available in the second round. You know what I mean, or third. <laughs> but uh, he could have been Andre Burakovsky, who went two Oof, picks later. That's good. So Goat was twenty one. Burakovsky was 23, and oof, Maron, Shay Theodore, 26, the Ducks. That would have been a good pick. That would have been an organization changer. Mm-hmm. Ouch. It's actually kind of a, it's not a very good draft. Mm-mm. 
just looking at it, right? Yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi went in the late second round. That's a good pick. It's not a no. It's not a high success it's rate. It's top at all. heavy. Yeah, it's yeah. very top heavy. Jones, Lindholm, McKinnon, Ristolainen, Barkov. Oh, that's not bad. A lot of blank spaces on hockey DB. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of blank spaces. Um, speaking of McKinnon, he's out, out three weeks. What he, a shame! I, you know what, I'm worried is happening here. I don't know if we should send this segment to producer group, but sometimes a good team has a nightmare season. And I think we were all looking at Vegas going, oh, well, it's obviously Vegas. Um, I think it might be them. It's a, it's a nightmare start, but it's not that bad. I mean, they're 4-5-1 and one in 10 games, so they've played three or four less games than everybody else. And I mean, the next closest is Winnipeg. Let's say they win the next three games. If, if they were to go to 13 games and they win the next three, sure. based on where we're at right now, they'd be ahead of Winnipeg. But missing, know, well, Winnipeg hasn't had a yeah. great time either. I but know they're exactly what you mean, yeah. though, with the nightmare season thing, because it happens a lot in the NFL where you get two, three injuries and your whole season is derailed because of how little games there are. And a great team can just be hindered by just a couple of injuries. And it does happen in the, in the NHL as well, like the year when Tampa missed the playoffs. Oh, like you have oh. you have terrific teams and just bad luck. Sixteen is sixteen. I think that was. I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just and in those situations, the nightmare seasons are literally bad luck. I chalk um, Dallas's season last yep. year up to that as 100%. well. You know, just the the COVID situation is what derailed them. But yeah, sometimes injuries just don't go your way, or like your goalie goes down for an entire season, and then you're screwed. That's or, it. Or you acquire a new one and he's not that great. Or, yeah. the, or the second or third greatest player on earth can't play. Right. <laughs> and then there's 40 games and all of a sudden you're out of a playoff spot. You oh. might have a great run in the middle, but it's not enough to get you back into the race. I, I want to ask you guys a question. Um, uh, what do you answer. think? What do you think Toronto's goal differential is? Mm, man, because they have two shutouts, but they've gotten their ass kicked a couple times. Yeah. Even. Even, Jesse? I, I was looking at the standings when we were talking about the standings, so I can't say. It's a negative one. Really? And I have to say, Toronto's usually a team that's the highest goals for and highest goals against. <laughs> they're usually that team, right? right. Uh, they're just a high event team. Uh, but for them to only have 36 goals and 37 against, I haven't seen that in a long, long, long time. Campbell's been stellar. Amazing. He's been really, really good. He's had like one bad no, game. No, but what I mean by that is like, when have you ever seen goals against outstrip goals for for the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's, it's been, been a long, a long time. time. It's been a long time. It's also early. Yeah, but I just, mm -hmm. it's interesting. And then you got Carolina, 41 goals for 21 against. Florida, oh, yo, check 52 out, goals for 35 against. Check out Arizona. Oh, I did. <laughs> I was going to get to it. You ready? Yeah. What, what do you think it is? Well, I haven't checked in a while. Okay, are they the worst? Can you, can you uh, go to the league? They are the worst. <laughs> oh, man. Um, how many games have they played? 13. Negative 21. Negative 21. I don't know if I can do the math, but I can tell you this. They have 21. It should just say on the... Yeah, it's Sportsnet. It doesn't. Oh, you're on NHL.com. No, 21 NHL. goals for, 54 against. Chicago is 31 goals for, 50 against. The worst in Mon is Montreal in the East, which is 21 and 48. Ottawa, oh. 30 goals for 43 against. And Boston. Ottawa? Boston is even at 28 apiece. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, they haven't had a great start. Yeah, they'll, they're, they're like the New York Yankees of hockey, man. They just kind of come back. They'll be okay. Like, they didn't... The other night, they, they made some mistakes, like, against the Leafs, but they still played like the Bruins. 
Yes. Whereas the Flyers did not play like the Flyers. But the Flyers have had a pretty good start. Or maybe they did. Like, everybody's down I think the it was just an off night. Yeah, man. They, they, they've been a good start. That's, 11 games, 14 points. I don't hate the, the Flyers' start. It's great. That's why I asked uh, the question in the video. I'm like, are they bad? Or they don't seem it. It's just a bad game. No, they don't seem it on paper. No. I was also thinking about what would it be like to walk through life just in general? And your name is Ivan Provorov. That's a solid ass name, isn't it? Oh, that's, I was like, where are you going? I just, yeah. just like, I was just like, <laughs> like you, you can't be a short person and your name be Ivan Provorov. It's a, it's a, a big name. It's a big name. It is. You have to do something powerful with that name. I you know what it. I mean? I get it. I don't know. It's just a total aside, but I just thought that Ivan Provorov could not be. Well, if we name him, if we name him Ivan Provorov, he'll be at least 6'3". Has to be yeah. two hundred fifty pounds. Just to wrap up the Coyotes thing, mm-hmm. uh, Dom mm-hmm. released an article yesterday, and he predicted that maybe the Coyotes could become the worst team of the salary cap era. Oh, because right now his model is projecting them as one, two, three, four, the fifth worst team since uh, the salary cap has been instituted. The organization <laughs> isn't trying, <laughs> so so they're they're behind the twenty twenty. 2020-2021 Detroit Red Wings, the 14-15 Coyotes, the 13-14 Sabres, and the 14-15 Sabres. Who, teams who were, forget not trying, actively trying to suck. Yeah. And, and the Coyotes aren't trying either. As soon as we saw their two goalies, we went, oh, oh, heavens, this is going to go sideways very quick. And Carter Hutton, it took one week. It took one week for everyone to go, oh, I think this might be the worst starting goalie in the NHL. Unless Michael Hutchison decides to take the reins in Toronto if Campbell goes down. I can't wait for him to start Saturday night. <laughs> the Hockey in Canada! Because he will. Because they have back-to-back this weekend, don't they? Friday and... Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I think it's Calgary Friday and then Buffalo. Yeah, he's starting... He's starting. He's starting on. Uh, How's that working? Is he's that getting the Calgary Saturday game? Are they in Calgary? No, no. Calgary's uh, Calgary is playing Montreal tonight, and then they're going to come in. Yeah, it's it's oh. Calgary, Toronto, in Toronto, not Calgary, Toronto, oh. in oh, Calgary. <laughs> but it's also Calgary in Calgary. <laughs> that was a very funny promo. There's, very good. There's well a done, promo GSM. from. I think it's like half a decade ago. I think no, 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 no. Like, it's this year, but it's split. No, it's no, split it's quite. not from this season. The oh, promo, no, it wasn't from this season. Oh. It's, it's from a while ago. It's from a split oh. squad game. Uh, yeah, I think it's a couple of years back, like 20, uh, 2018 or something. TSN did a promo where Calgary and Edmonton were playing in Edmonton and Calgary and Edmonton were playing in Calgary. And they mixed uh, both promos together. And it's unbelievable. I'll put it in the description. This Monday, it's a split squad game for the ages. Edmonton, Calgary, in Edmonton, in Calgary. At 7, it's Edmonton at home to Calgary in Edmonton. And then at 7, it's Calgary home to Edmonton in Calgary. You'll see Calgary and Calgary and Edmonton and Edmonton from Calgary and Edmonton at 7 and 7. Featuring half of Calgary in Calgary and half of Calgary in Edmonton plus half of Edmonton in Edmonton and half Edmonton in Calgary. Don't miss Calgary's Johnny Goudreau playing for Calgary in Edmonton, Calgary. And Edmonton's Connor McDavid playing for Edmonton in Calgary, Edmonton. That's Calgary, Edmonton, not Edmonton, Calgary. And then the next day. 
it's Blues and Stars. But Monday, it's Calgary Edmonton. Calgary Edmonton in Calgary and Edmonton. Calgary, Calgary, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary and Edmonton. 7 p.m. Mountain Time. <laughs> going to be good. Oh, I thought it was splits. I thought they were just doing split squads. I didn't It realize. was a split squad game. Oh, it was. But it wasn't from this past season. Oh, God, it was funny. Yeah. It must have been the most confusing thing to edit ever. <laughs> like i do want to find it um we here. didn't we play it on the show no we watched it uh just together it's right here it's i from, thought it was a spoof can you pl- can we play it on the air here I don't it's know. from 2017 we can we yeah. can play it tsn's it's from, not gonna care it's a promo no it's but it's on youtube oh so okay. it'll flag our video so it's mm. from uh 2017 from jay and dan like it was the commercial and then yeah and it's calgary edmonton where's calgary god they were funny eh? <laughs> then you can yeah. watch calgary Play Edmonton in Calgary, and then you can watch Edmonton. Oh, oh fuck. it's very confusing. It only has two thousand views on YouTube. What? Yeah, it took off on Twitter a little while. On back. TikTok too. Oh, it was it was TikTok. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's sidebar. <laughs> I like a sidebar. I like a good sidebar. I love that promo. God, yeah. Jay and Dan were great. Yeah, that was a great combo. Great combo. Bummer. Um. Uh, uh. Well, I guess for that, you know, let's get in the press conference. Uh, I thought it was wrapping the show. Oh, we can wrap the show. You want to wrap the show? Okay, yeah, I have to. I have to record the Chris Johnson. Show. Oh, okay, let's wrap the show yeah. then. So, oh, CJ show. <laughs> well, we wouldn't want to run long, would no, we? I have, to, I have to go do that. All right. Plus, it's a Friday show on a Thursday, oh, so that's it's right. only an, it's hour, an hour. Right? Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, bye. We love you. It's a Friday show on a Thursday <laughs> in Calgary. <laughs> so Easter Seal, Steve. How long are you taking donations until? Uh, sometime tonight. I don't know the official time. Official. He doesn't know the official time. PM Eastern. Great. In Calgary. We love you. We'll see you Monday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.